Think about an event you were recently invited to. Will you go? If so, why will you go? In my experience, there are two main questions that we ask ourselves to determine whether or not we'll attend the many events we're invited to attend. I'll tell you what I think those questions are coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Well, good morning or good afternoon if you're listening on the East Coast or elsewhere on the relevant radio app. And welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley sitting in for Josh Raymond today. Grateful to be with you for this hour of spiritual direction. It is the holiday season. And for many of us, that means there's a plethora of events that we're being asked to attend. You know, Christmas parties, office gatherings, school concerts, the list goes on and on. But let's take a moment and think about how you decide which of these you will attend and which you'll skip. As I mentioned, I think there are two main questions we ask ourselves when figuring these things out. Now, I'm not saying that we explicitly pose these questions to ourselves every time a new invitation pops up in our email or in our mailbox, but I'm guessing we at least implicitly ponder these, even if only for a moment, when an invitation comes our way. Here they are. Here are those questions. First, do I want to go? And second, would it be good for me to go? Do I want to go? And would it be good for me to go? Now, there are lots of intricacies involved. Who else will be there? What effect will my attendance or my absence have on my reputation, my relationships, my personal integrity, even sometimes my health? What will my attendance cost me, time-wise or financially or both? How much will I need to prepare? And I'm not saying that these intricacies are not worth considering, but I still hold that all these subtleties fall under those two questions. Do I want to go? And would it be good for me to go? Now, some events, of course, tick both boxes. This last summer, my wife and I were invited to a backyard bonfire by some of her extended family. Boom! Right away, we said yes and planned to come. We wanted to go, because these are great people, and it would be good for us to spend some time with them, as they are family. Some tick, some events tick neither box. I currently have a Facebook invitation to watch, yes, a 500-mile side-by-side race outside on bare ice in February. Not only do I have no desire to go, and going, going would also mean that I would have to miss an important work assignment, letting down scores of people who are expecting me to be there and not at a race outside in the cold. So, boom, I'm not going. But how do these questions factor into the equation when it comes to going to Mass? A vast majority of the time, Mass ticks both boxes for me. But I'll be honest, sometimes, especially on a cold morning when the icy wind is just whipping outside and I'm all snug inside under a quilt, sipping coffee and reading by the fire, my desire to get up and go is, well, let's say markedly reduced. Still, I know in my mind and heart the reasons I need to get up and go, and I have yet to be sorry that I did. That's not the case with much of our society. According to the Center for Applied Research in the Apostolate, Sunday Mass attendance by self-identifying Catholics has been in steady decline over the last 50 years, falling from almost 50% in 1970 to about 17% in 2021. Clearly, Even those who call themselves Catholic 
are not recognizing the need to go to Mass. So that's what we're discussing here today on The Inner Life. Why do we need to go to Mass? Guiding us through our discussion today is our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, familiar to relevant radio listeners for his prayer reflections that he shares with us each day. Father Kubicki serves as a spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Father Kubicki, welcome back to The Inner Life. Good to be with you. Thank you, Patrick, and thanks for that great introduction. Uh, you ask uh, wonderful questions there about wanting to do something and knowing that something is good for us. And so we may not have a desire to do something, but deep down we know that it's good for us to do something. And to apply that to the Mass, I think that's just a great way of approaching this question. And as as you pointed out, the Mass attendance in, in our parishes has declined so precipitously. And just recently I read that in the country of Belgium, uh, the Sunday mass attendance of Catholics is just over 2%. Yeah. And so I, I fear that we're headed in that same direction, and that's why our bishops have called for a Eucharistic revival, that we unpack the gift that God is giving us in the mass and understand it better so that we not only know that it's good for us to go, but that we really want to go. Yeah, absolutely. And we definitely want to get into that. We want to talk about that some as well. Um, Maybe at the outset, though, Father, I know that there are scores of reasons that people will use for not going to Mass. Can you just maybe list off a few and just uh, tell us a little bit about why that's not the best reason to avoid going to Mass? Well, I think recent popes have have, um, noticed and indicated and told us that uh, the Sundays are now seen as basically part of the weekend, and the weekend people consider my time. Uh, if the work week is the time that we give to um, making money to support our families and ourselves, well, then the weekend appears to be more seen as my time. I can do what I want where I don't have obligations. And then we have, I think, the, the busyness of, of people's lives, so in, uh, in order to, let's say, counteract some of the negative influences and temptations that young people experience, some families uh, really go overboard in terms of providing good, healthy activities, but activities that are not church-related. And so a lot of the weekend is taken up with soccer games and other sports that uh, the children might be involved in. And then I, I think, in speaking of sports, I think that's part of our secularized society as well, that we live in a, in a day and an age when uh, a football game is much more important than a Sunday Mass. And so if people are sleeping in uh, and uh, there's a game at noon or something um, and they can't make the noon Mass uh, because it conflicts with the game, their priority is more um, the sports event than, than participating in the community celebration of the Mass. And so I think those are, those are some of the reasons that I think are, are there for people um, not attending Mass as they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that there's a there's a very there's a very good uh, list, a good good strong good, not necessarily in the uh, in the morally good, but in the uh, the amount of items on the list, reasons why folks don't go to mass. But I think it's important to to point out here early on that 
you know, it's not like these it's not like these folks just do whatever they want all the time. I mean, I'm guessing, like many of us, there are days when we'd rather not go to work either. But yet we mm-hmm. don't uh, we still, you know, get ourselves up. We, we fire ourselves up so we can get ready and then get out the door in, in, in time to be in work on time. Right. So it's not just a, it's not just a, that we just do whatever we want and whatever we don't want to do. We just don't do. Right, Father? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. You know, we, there is that sense of, of obligation. And I, I think, you know, unfortunately, um, habits are created early on. And so, you know, family life is so important. And if families uh, don't celebrate the weekend in uh, in terms of keeping the Lord's Day holy and worship, you know, if, if uh, uh, perhaps young people stay out late and so they sleep in on Sunday morning and are uh, they miss the times for mass. All of those things contribute to habits that gradually, uh, over time, take people away from mass and losing that sense of of importance and and why it's important in our families and in our individual lives and in the community. When we we lose that sense of importance, um, then we don't feel that obligation. Um, to participate in the mass, much like uh, if if we didn't have any, let's say, repercussions for missing work, um, we would be more inclined to miss work. But mm-hmm. because there are certain repercussions that if we miss work, we'll lose our job or uh, we'll lose the hours we need to support ourselves, the money. Um, those are repercussions. Unfortunately, when it comes to the celebration of the Mass and worshiping God on Sunday, we we don't see any, let's say, immediate repercussions in our lives or in the lives of our family, and yet there are very strong consequences to um, putting God in the back seat, as it were, rather than uh, having God as the one who is guiding our lives. Well, let's get into that too, Father. But first, let me ask if any of any of you have, uh, if you haven't been to Mass in a while, but maybe you came back, uh, or maybe there was a time in your life where you were not going to Mass, but then you decided, I think I'm going to come back to Mass. Love to hear from you. Please give us a call. Join the conversation with our spiritual director, Father James Kavicki. Our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. So, Father, let's think about this. Uh, Let's think about the many ways, maybe you can start unpacking those for me, the many things, the benefits of going to Mass. Why? Why do we need to go to Mass? Well, first of all, it's good for us, Um, and and not just on a kind of superficial level uh, that, quote, I get something out of the Mass uh, that I'm conscious of, or it makes me feel good. Um, but I think deep down, you know, it's the question of uh, the the law with which God has created our world. And so, you know, we're very familiar with uh, physical laws, like the law of gravity. And we wouldn't think, I hope, of disobeying that law of gravity, thinking that we could fly or launch ourselves off a high place without, um, you know, a glider or whatever it may be. We know that's dangerous, and so we follow the law of gravity for the good of our our bodies, our physical um, requirements. But in the same way, we're more than bodies. We're more than physical beings. We're also spiritual beings. And so just as there are physical laws that are built right into us, so there are spiritual laws that are part of our very nature as being both a body and an immortal soul. 
And if we don't follow those spiritual laws, uh, they end up hurting us just the way if we rebelled against gravity, mm. uh, we would be hurt and, and uh, basically uh, destroy ourselves. So we can experience a kind of spiritual destruction if we don't uh, pay attention to those spiritual laws, one of which is to worship God. If we look at the Ten Commandments, the third commandment is uh, to remember to keep holy the Lord's day. Mm. And this is not for, for God's benefit, but it's for our own, that being children of God, um, made in the image and likeness of God, if, if we don't follow through on that uh, aspect of our nature, that we are spiritual beings, if we don't nourish our spiritual lives just the way we nourish our physical lives, our bodies, so we're going to end up hurting ourselves in the end. We may not see the same uh, immediate results of uh, disobeying the law of gravity or of not nourishing our bodies, you know, where over time we would uh, starve ourselves. We won't see necessarily immediate consequences, but the consequences are just as real if we experience a kind of spiritual anorexia and and do not uh, take part in the nourishment that worshiping God gives us on Sundays. Spiritual anorexia, I like that terminology, Father, and it is it drives home the point of exactly why what the Mass does for us and how it nourishes us. Thing is, with with gravity, at least um, when when we try to defy the law of gravity, the results, the repercussions, as you said, they come pretty quickly. But um, mm-hmm. how how might we start to observe some of the changes when we when we stop going to mass? What are some of the changes that we might see over time? Well, you know, I, I think um, one of them, especially if we we look at in terms of families, um, you know, so many families I, I run into uh, people who will say, I don't understand why my children no longer go to Mass or are not involved in church or are now self-identifying as nuns, meaning they have no religion. Um, I don't understand that. And you have to look back and say, well, in your family, did you as a family go to Mass on Sundays? And was that a valuable part of your experience? And in bringing the children to Mass, was it more kind of dragging them there, or was there a way that you engaged them in conversation that helped them appreciate and understand the gift that we have in the Mass? Mm-hmm. That's kind of on the family level. I think individually, what we would find if a, if a person stays away from the nourishment the Mass gives us uh, again, what we tend to do, uh, Pope Benedict used this expression. He said, we become, um, we become practical atheists. And mm-hmm. a practical atheist is not someone who uh, denies the existence of God, but someone who believes in God yet denies God's uh, importance or activity in one's life. In other words, where God doesn't matter. And if we live our lives as though God doesn't matter— we will gradually find ourselves, um, because we can't live in a vacuum. You know, we, we have this spiritual need, this hunger, and we might begin to feed that hunger in ways that are, are destructive, whether it be drugs or alcohol or possessions or relationships with people. We will tend to, to feed that emptiness, that longing, for which we're, you know, St. Augustine put it this way, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And so if we feed that restlessness 
in uh, ways that are destructive, ultimately we won't be satisfied. We'll find ourselves very sad, empty, unhappy people. Yeah, very good. Our spiritual director today is Father James Kavicki. We're talking about why do we need to go to Mass? Why is it a good idea to go to Mass? Why do you go to Mass? Give us a call. Let us know. Why Why is it that you personally have committed to going to Mass? 888-914-9149. Or again, maybe there was a time when you were away from Mass. Maybe that was during your college years or your young adult years. Maybe you uh, somewhere along the line you decided, you know, I need to get back to Mass. Why? Why did you decide? to come back to the Mass. Also join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, you can send us an email as well, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to have lots more from our spiritual director, Father James Kavicki, on why to go to Mass. Stay with us. Today we'd like to thank James, who's listening in Arizona, for donating his Kawasaki. Join thousands of other listeners in donating your old vehicle by visiting relevantradio.com slash car today. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Patrick Conley in for Josh Raymond today, along with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, as we're talking about why to go to Mass, reasons to go to Mass. And just a good reminder for many of us who seek to go to Mass weekly, if not more often, but also it might just be that there are some listening who, you know what, I need some reasons to go to Mass or to get back to Mass. Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Mookie who's calling in from Milwaukee, right there in your backyard, Father. Mookie, welcome to The Inner Life. Yes, I was just listening to Father James talking about, you know, trying to keep, you know, the kids engaged uh, from a younger age so that you know, when they're adults, you're not wondering why they're no longer going to Mass. And I have uh, kids age uh, between 8 and 18 months, and just wondering how you simplify, um, uh, you know, explaining to them why we have to go to Mass, for Mass, you know, every Sunday mm-hmm. at that age. Well, I, yeah, that's very good, Mookie. I, I think one of the things is just our own, um, you know, children will... Uh, follow their parents' lead. And uh, if we, the parents, if the adults show interest and excitement, or if it becomes a matter of, you know, where we communicate to children, oh, we got to go, you know, come on, everybody, we better go. Um, If it's with a sort of uh, demeanor or a feeling of reluctance or, okay, this is an obligation, um, that will be communicated to the children and that will say a lot to them. That being said, I think there are ways of uh, early on, I know it's really hard for, for the younger ones um, to be there at Mass and, and to be quiet and for parents, uh, but I think our, our churches are really challenged uh, to be family-friendly and to see everyone as a member of the body of Christ. When I give parish missions, I talk about how the Second Vatican Council teaches that Christ is present in the congregation. And that means even that baby that might be fussing uh, over to the side. And so to welcome Christ in the congregation is is so important. And for our churches, our uh, parishes to celebrate in a way that makes uh, families and, and young people feel welcome. And I think as parents prepare to go to Mass, I think it's important 
again, to take a little time to prepare for that celebration and to talk with the kids about why it's important, why we do this, uh, perhaps to look at the readings ahead of time so that the children are are ready during the word, uh, the liturgy of the word, and, and ourselves to be ready and to talk about those readings ahead of time can be a way of preparing. I also think there's lots of good materials out there, uh, videos now, and also uh, children's books, which have been there, have been around for a long time, that introduce children to the Mass and what's going on in the Mass. And for them to have those books with them when uh, Mass is being celebrated so that they can follow along with what's happening at the Mass and and see that also in uh, their children's book can be a a way, again, of engaging them. Because, um, to be honest, you know, the the celebration, the prayers are so often over the heads of of the children and young people. But if we can help them with a children's missal or a, a prayer book that helps them follow along the celebration of the Mass, that will go a long way to help them be engaged. What we're doing, uh, Mookie, is we're fighting against a culture that is so entertainment-driven that if, if we approach the Mass waiting to be entertained, and our, again, our children are so much immersed in a culture where they are used to being a passive audience and they want to be entertained. If that's kind of the attitude and the feeling that people bring to Mass, it's it's going to lead to them saying, I don't get anything out of the Mass. Why do I have to go? And so it's it's really important to teach children early on and to remind ourselves that active participation means that we pray the Mass with the priest. And so teaching children how to do that early on is really important. So that, those are a lot of things, uh, but I'm sure maybe some of our listeners who are parents might have uh, better ideas from their own experience uh, to answer your question, Mookie. But thank you for that question. Yeah, great question, Mookie. And I like what you said there, Father. If you as a parent have a way of really engaging your children to be participants in the Mass to their ability and mental maturity, then give us a call. Uh, it's 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, and share some advice with Mookie and all of our listeners. Mookie, thanks for that call. Let's go from Mookie to Tess, who's calling in from Monterey, California. Tess, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, good morning. Um so my question is, I have um, family members that attend Mass infrequently, and um, so when they do attend Mass with us, and I know, um, is it sufficient for for them to um, say that penitential act in the beginning and, um, you know, even though they don't attend Mass frequently, I mean, I know, and then, and then receiving the Eucharist. Um, mm-hmm. during that Mass. Um, I just wonder, because I know, you know, you should be going to confession and things like that before you receiving the Eucharist, but is that... Yes. I, I hate to... I mean, I, I, I'm glad they're coming, but then at the same time, I know mm-hmm. that I should be reminding them that um, they should be coming every Sunday, and um, yeah, I just... Boy, you know, that, being in a state of that, grace before receiving the Eucharist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. No, Tess, that's really a good question, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sure it's on many of our listeners' minds. Um, part of your question is, you know, 
what's your obligation as a family member in terms of, uh, let's say, catechizing people, you know, that it's, it's a serious sin to uh, miss Mass without a, a good reason, a good reason being health-wise or maybe travel. If it's simply a question of, well, I, I wanted to sleep in, um, um, that, you know, that's not a good enough reason for, for missing Mass, and that's, that's a serious sin. Um, the, the difficulty is um, we, on, objectively, we can look at that and say that is a serious sin. But in terms of the person's culpability, you know, in other words, um, are they um, guilty of a mortal sin? That's something we can't judge. And the Church throughout history has said there are three requirements for a, a, a sin to be mortal sin. One is that it's a serious matter, and and missing mass on Sunday is a serious matter. Uh, if we if we don't have a, a good excuse like illness, um, it's serious because we are created to worship God. One of the you know unfortunately we tend to look at the Ten Commandments and think well it's much more serious thou shalt not kill, uh, and we take that very seriously. And we see that murder as, as a terrible mortal sin, but somehow or another we don't see the other Ten Commandments in quite the same gravity as we do that particular commandment. And so when it comes to, um, I am the Lord your God, remember, keep holy the Lord's day, um, we tend to not see that as a serious matter. And yet it appears in the Ten Commandments, and it is serious because it hurts us, but also it's it's a way of of snubbing God, you know. Let's say in our relationships in marriage, if a person um, says to the spouse, "Look, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna be gone uh, here for for a while, and uh, don't worry where I am. I'm just gonna be gone doing my own thing." Um, th- that's a real break in the relationship, um, and so uh, especially with God. Uh, who created us and to whom we owe everything, to show God uh, our gratitude once a week for just one hour, um, to miss that is is really saying, God, you're not important to me enough for me to give you just one hour a week. Um, so that's, that's a grave matter. But besides the fact that a mortal sin has to have grave matter, the second thing is that the person committing that sin has to know that it is a mortal sin, that it is grave matter. And in many cases, for example, I think uh, the family members you're describing are not aware of that, or it's, it's not something that their conscience has been formed to understand and appreciate. And so they don't feel they have been committing a grave sin by not going to Mass every Sunday. Um, and, and so the third element to a mortal sin is that uh, the grave matter, the person knows it's a grave matter, and thirdly, they willingly and knowingly uh, commit that sin. And they say, I don't care what the fact that it's grave matter, I don't care that God has given us this commandment, I'm going to do it anyway. And again, oftentimes that, that sort of willful act, contrary to God's law, is, is not there in as clear a fashion as, as we might think. So, Going back to the question of of what's your obligation, I would say, you know, the important thing right now 
and I, I don't know, you know, your uh, closeness relationship to, to the, these family members, but I, I think the better thing would be to uh, give your own example and to encourage them and to do whatever you can to talk about, you know, um, share your experience of the Mass and how important it is and why it's important. Um, but I don't think confronting them um, head on, um, they, they need uh, another way of having their conscience formed. And it, it might be a, a simple thing if you can come across a booklet or something or a section of the catechism where, you know, it's not just you saying this, but that you, you have some backup uh, to, to go at this question with them. Um, but the important thing is um, you, you also don't want to push them away. And so it, it reminds me of Jesus, you know, in his earthly life. Um, he spent time with sinners, and there isn't a, a, a sense, you know, he is criticized for this, and there isn't a sense that when he was with them, he was condemning them because they would not have invited him to their banquets. And so Jesus, in his own uh, gentle, truthful way, tried to call them to something more with, without condemning them. Uh, the people that he ended up condemning were the Pharisees and scribes and others who um, should have known better, but weren't bearing the kind of fruit that they should have been in their lives. So, uh, Tess, thank you for that question. I, I feel like I've been going on and on with a long answer, and I, I hope it's helpful to you. I think sometimes these questions do deserve long answers, and I appreciate the time you've given there, Father Kubicki, with that. And we're talking with Father James Kubicki, our spiritual director, on why go to Mass. And uh, there have been some great questions so far, so let's continue the ball rolling here. Let's go from Tess to Herlinda, who's calling on calling in from McQuanago, Wisconsin. Herlinda, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you for having me. Hello, Father Kavicki and Patrick. Yeah, hello. Well, um, regarding the question, why I go to Mass, my personal way to practice my faith is it's part of the Ten Commandments, just like Father said, all of the things he mentioned is almost listening to your Father, to as, as he asked us to do. He said to mm-hmm. keep Sunday holy and visit him, right? Um, so I do that, and I also do that to be a good example to my husband and my children. Now, my husband, I don't know if otherwise I like this, have a husband who sometimes may say, oh, maybe we don't go to Mass today. Well, I'm, I'm that little push that he needs. <laughs> so he, yeah. after Mass and other many other times, he, he and he'll admit it, he'll say, you know, thankfully my wife pushes me to go to Mass. So I'm makes me smile, but um, hopefully he, little by little, he'll do it willingly all the time. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so we try to, we, we have four children they're between the ages of six and 13. And when you mentioned why people don't go to mass because they're involved, their children are involved in sports and will consider a game or the scheduling more important. I understand. I have four involved children who love sports and if it were my choice, they wouldn't have games on Sundays, but we want them to be involved in the sports and they enjoy it. And I find that you can make it work. Um, we belong to a parish here in our town and has a sister parish. So if sometimes the 8 or 10 a.m. mass don't work, they have a 9 a.m. mass. We go to that one. Or if we are out of our town, we Google where is the Catholic mass? Where can we go to make it work? If they have one that works with our schedule, in which 
most of the time there always is one. Even if we have to wait till the late evening um, and travel 30, 40 minutes away, we will make sure that we take our children to Mass. I find it very important. I, since my husband and I got married 17, 17 years ago, we made that promise that when we had children that we would raise them in the Catholic faith, and it's very important to me. So it's um, it's very nice to see that my children enjoy it. And uh, I would like to say that my husband does enjoy going to Mass, even though he might need a little push sometimes and gets lazy. <laughs> he does enjoy it, and he also talks to our children. He tells them, hey, guys, um, make sure you pay attention. There's going to be – I'm going to quiz you at the end. And, and he will. He'll say – what was the first reading about? What was the second? What was the homily nice. about? And the kids respond in, in their own innocent views and um, their own words. They, they're paying attention, and they're also paying attention that mom and dad are making, um, making sure that they get to Mass every Sunday. And sometimes we have to split up. Sometimes my husband has to go with one or two children to maybe the 9 a.m. Mass, and I have to take the other ones to the evening Mass just to make sure that they get everything in. But yeah. ideally, of course— as a family, that's always the best best way to go to mm-hmm. Mass. But if you can't, at least you're all going and making sure they're attending Mass. That's yeah. very true. Herlinda, I'm sorry to break in, but we're coming up against a break here. And, Father, I just wanted to give you a chance to respond. What about that intentionality and making sure, making a priority out of Mass that Herlinda was just talking about? Well, Herlinda, praise God. Thank you for your call, and thank you for what you are doing to evangelize your family and to help the faith be passed on to future generations. What you're doing is just great. And uh, your husband quizzing the kids, that's a great idea, I I think, for the adults to ask the kids, okay, what did we learn from MASH today? What did we see? Um, and, And that's just a way, again, of making sure they're engaged. So I'm really grateful for for your witness and uh, for calling in and sharing some of those uh, little ways of of helping uh, kids be engaged in the celebration. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, thank you so much, Herlinda. A great, great way of prioritizing Mass. We're talking with our spiritual director, Father James Kavicki, about why we need to go to Mass and what are some of the ways that we can prioritize going to Mass in our lives in this busy world that we live in. We're going to take another short break, but more of your phone calls on why to go to Mass right after this. Stay with us. The Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky. Is that you, Emmylou? Yes. It's been a while. It's been a while. What's your prayer intention? It's my birthday. It is? Oh, How old birthday. are you? I'm sick. Happy birthday to you. The happiest half hour of your day. My birthday was on Saturday. I want you that to was... sing for me, too. You <laughs> will. you got to say you're under 10 years old. Oh, uh, yeah, right. The Family Rosary Across America. 7 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser, taking your phone calls, and our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, 
who is a spiritual director for the St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we've been having fun with phone calls here as we're talking about why to go to Mass, good reasons to go to Mass, and specifically maybe how to encourage kids um, to participate fully to their ability in the Mass. And let's go and take another phone call on that topic. Cecilia is calling in from Queens, New York. Cecilia, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to share how my son has um, really um, encouraged the children to go uh, to grow up uh, loving Mass and uh, behaving at Mass. You know, he, um, he had started taking them to Mass just, uh, since infancy, <laughs> you know, so, and he would take mm-hmm. the front rows uh, of the front pews and encouraged the children to and always pointed to the altar and um, to um, show them what's happening at the altars and 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 so uh, they don't get uh, distracted by um, you know if they sat in the back they would be distracted by other people <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, letting them um, sitting with the family up near right in the front pews engage, had engaged the children um, uh, to the what's going on at mass and now they're eight years old and no matter what time you know if it's seven o'clock in the morning or seven thirty they are ready to go to mass <laughs> and uh, they've always behaved um, they know how many songs are being sang and um it, i'm just so um so um encouraged and proud of my son <laughs> you know who is uh, really uh, leading his children his sons um the right way Boy, that's really beautiful, Cecilia. You have some some wonderful grandchildren, and it's it's the help of your son doing that. And I, I I've heard that as well. You know what you described that. Um, you know, parents are often afraid because they think if their child fusses and they're right in front of everyone, then they have to leave. You know, it's going to make a scene. But uh, I I think there's less chance of the children doing that if you can keep them engaged by having them up near the front and uh and then you know maybe having something that uh you know would would uh distract them in case they do start fussing um that's a, a really good idea that i think needs to be confirmed with so many other parents that not to be afraid to go up front that uh it it might be um uh, something you're afraid will will make a scene, but in the end, it's good for the congregation to uh, participate and to receive a family in that way, and it's also good for the family to be engaged in that way. So, Cecilia, thank you very much for that call. Yeah, thank you, Cecilia. Wonderful, wonderful yeah, encouragement for the rest of us and for other parents who are out there, and I'm glad you're proud of your son. Let's go from Cecilia in Queens to Nick, who's calling in from Duarte, California. Nick, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Father James. How are you? Hello. Well, Good. thank you. Uh, yeah, so I'm calling specifically uh, to sort of piggyback off of Cecilia and in response to Mookie's question for very young kids. Um, you know, you know, because the young kids at 18 to 24 months, like Mookie had mentioned, you know, they don't even necessarily understand the words that are being read or the scripture. Um, so I will we'll bring things that are faith-based activities for them to do, you know, like a felt book where they can move the characters around and then get their attention and specifically point uh, like at the Eucharist, when when it's after it's consecrated. So you know, I'll pick up my kid and point and say, "That's Jesus's body, that's Jesus's blood." And even at you know two years old, after doing that week after week, they're very quickly you're able to point and say, "What's that?" And they can respond and they know that that's Jesus's body and blood. Mm-hmm. 
That's good, Nick. And you know what you bring up to, I think, is um, uh, important. You know, I, I spent a little time uh, uh, in a, a Ukrainian uh, Byzantine Catholic monastery, and and I remember hearing that the celebration of the St. John Chrysostom form of the liturgy um, with much more activity going on, you know, uh, the deacon going behind the iconostas and the the incense and the bells, uh, all of this engaged children more. So uh, I think what you're, you're saying is right, is, is, you know, to have an activity for the children who are so young that they, they may not be able to pay attention to what's going on at the Mass, but then at different times to point to what's going on. And um, I'm a big fan of, of having the bells rung at the consecration to get people's mm-hmm. attention. And again, that can be a, especially a way for, for children to uh, be more engaged as well, to, to have the, the sound of the bells calling their attention as it should all of us to what's going on at that moment. So thank you, Nick, for piggybacking on Mookie and Cecilia. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Always good to hear good suggestions about how to engage kids in mass. And just to recall, tying it in with our topic, why go to mass? I mean, these are the these are the types of things that are going to have an effect for a lifetime to really help people understand, help kids understand, and then as they grow and mature. Uh, physically, they also grow and mature spiritually, and Mass will become a priority for them. So um, great, great practices. Thank you all for your calls. 888-914-9149 is our number here at The Inner Life if you'd like to give us a call. Uh, let's go next to Laura, who's calling in from Austin, Texas. Laura, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. Good afternoon, or good morning, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to consolidate this as much as possible so I, I don't ramble on. But I just wanted to share, um, I think this is an exciting subject. And I wanted to share, first of all, that I felt a call um, to do something about my faith when I was 26 years old. And I was um, a career person driving to work. And I was listening to the daytime radio stations that are just, you know, real um, secular and I, I was getting a little turned off by it, and I was trying to figure out what should I do with that time, you know, that 11-mile commute that I had in, in Houston, Texas, going down Westheimer. And so I started, for some reason, I, I heard a little voice tell me, pray the Hail Mary, and then right after that, pray the Our Father. And I literally did that for the 11-mile um, commute, going and coming. And I believe that something about engaging in those two prayers lead you in the direction you need to go because I was I was asking for for um, information I was asking for direction and so then it became kind of a journey I I started finding myself looking for where I needed to be and it led me back to the Catholic Church and then hmm. years and years later and now I'm now I'm you know I'm I'm at 50 years old I'm older than that now but I was 50 years old and I um, got my hands on a book through the parish that I was attending. And it's called The Mass. And I hope you don't mind if I promote it. Um, it's, it's called The Mass. There's many books out there called The Mass. Uh, this one happens to be by uh, a, a, the author is Tom Curran up in the Seattle area. And the, the book was profound for me. Um, it made me understand every detail that was happening from the time I walked through the doors, you know, every aspect of it. And I, I was just not fully aware of all of those details and going to adoration and adoration was life changing. And all of those mm-hmm. things helped me to understand the Eucharist. 
And I think that's the root of it. It's when you finally realize what you're getting, you know, what you're receiving, and you you can't wait to get there. You can't wait to go to Mass. And I'm graced to be in that place in my life right now. And I just um, would like other people to understand that it's a journey, and and it, and it can take time. Um, some people, right. Father, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, sorry, sorry there, but, but sorry, no, Laura, but we're, no. uh, no, I just, um, I, I know Father had mentioned Eucharistic revival and understanding the Eucharist, which you just brought up, Laura. So, um, yeah, there's, that's really of, of pinnacle importance, isn't it? Right, Laura. I would really, I mean, you, you, I'm so glad you called and, and talked about how in your own small way, praying the Hail Mary, the Our Father, and then gradually being led to, uh, understand the Mass by reading more about what's going on. That's what our bishops are hoping that will happen for all of us, that we'll all come to appreciate the gift that we have with the Mass by understanding it better, and uh, that we won't approach it then as, well, I have to go to Mass, but it's, I get to go to Mass. It's a privilege, mm-hmm. and yeah. what a wonderful thing, blessing it is to go to Mass. Yeah, absolutely. When I know that that's uh, that's such a it, it does take time. It's a transition from I have to go to mass to I get to go to mass for a lot of people, but um, it does happen. It does happen. So um, thank you, Laura, for that. Thank you for the story. Thank you for encouraging us uh, here on the Inner Lifers. We're talking about why to go to mass with our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki. Let's uh, squeeze in another one here. We've got Deborah who's calling in from Woodland Hills, California. Deborah, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you. Um, what I wanted to share was my um, my experience about my daughter. Um, when she was going through confirmation, she became bitter and hateful and told me that if I kept making her go to Mass, that she would end up hating God, hating the Church, and she'd never go when she graduated high school. And so I took it to prayer, and I came back with a compromise, and I told her... Um, it is a sin not to go to um, Sunday Mass weekly. Let me make that straight. But here's what I'm willing to do. Go to Mass with us once a month. Go to confession once a month. And go to adoration once a month. How does that sound to you? And she said, yes, I'll do that. And that started when she was 17. And she is now 22. Um, And instead of completely falling away from the church and never going. She goes to Mass once a month, adoration once a month, confession once a month, and I thought that I would just let God work on her heart when she is at adoration about starting to attend weekly. Mm-hmm. Deborah, thank you for that uh, that witness and story, because um, I, I think it's so helpful for our listeners, because, you know, we want so much for our children, grandchildren, and and when we don't see it being done perfectly, we, we tend to get impatient and we give up. And I, I think what, what you're showing is, you know, sometimes there's steps along the way that we need to encourage people with, especially young people. And uh, your own prayer, taking it to prayer, and, and uh, it was a wonderful compromise to include confession and adoration in there as well, because those uh, the sacrament of reconciliation is very powerful, but also to be in the Lord's presence in adoration uh, is also powerful. And I'm sure the Lord is working on her heart as you hoped he would. 
Yeah, very good, Deborah. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. And there's uh, so many good things that we hear about this and so many ways that we can encourage rather than condemn when it comes to helping others to discover or perhaps rediscover the the value of the Mass, the beauty of the Mass, and let it really sink into our bones. Let the liturgy just sink into our bones and let Jesus do his transforming work as we continue to grow in our knowledge of and our practice of the Mass as well. Our spiritual director has been Father James Kubicki. And, uh, Father, as you know, we always like to wrap up the show as we're coming into our final minute here with a blessing. So if you wouldn't mind giving us a, a blessing and that will help help us as just get back into the swing of going to Mass, please. Sure. Loving God, our Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, the greatest act of love that he showed us on the cross This act of love, which is made present to us every time we gather to celebrate the Holy Eucharist, we ask you to help us to open our hearts to this gift, to be more aware and grateful for it, that we may live our lives in a way that celebrates your love, especially at Mass, but then throughout our week. And may your blessing come upon us and all our listeners, all our families, especially those who are struggling, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, thank you, Father, for being our spiritual director today. Josh is back in the driver's seat tomorrow where we're talking about St. Nicholas, of course, on December the 6th and what he can teach us about generosity. So don't miss that. Coming up next, of course, is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass right here on Relevant Radio with Father Matt Seminar being our celebrant there. Thanks for joining us. God bless you.